MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Our number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Still to come this hour, Wes Reynolds joins us. Talk uh, Masters with us. Um, we'll get to the Western Conference here in the NBA momentarily because these this is where the, the real intrigue is. Mm-hmm. And because we did a whole thought exercise last week about what do you think this Warriors Grizzlies line is going to be, so that was that was fascinating how it ended up. Um, but first, let me let me just one clarification about what I said right before the end of the uh, break, because people, I, I'm sure no one has yet, but someone will someone will point this out to me that Stephen Ross and the Dolphins were technically docked their first round draft pick not for the tanking allegations that that Brian Flores levied against the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, but technically for the tampering with Tom Brady part of it. I would argue that that was a convenient excuse to avoid the tanking allegation. Yeah, that's the that's the thing you'd so rather be that out. penalized for, right? Yes, yes. Or penalizing a team for. So let me just step it's tampering, not tanking. Because tanking opens up a whole can of worms. And especially NFL. I mean, there, yep. is a, there is a difference simply just because of number of games played, right? There's that's a right. difference when we talk NFL tanking versus NBA tanking. For sure. Um, we get tweets at being the book real quick. This is from... It's not just juice if you win. Uh, Cuban should be kicked off Shark Tank. Mr. Wonderful would, wouldn't have tanked. Cuban is a billionaire. Fine, won't matter. Um, the truth, 1980. I wish that Lovey Smith, was, Lovey Smith was the coach of the Mavericks last weekend. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> he would have gotten out there and played himself. <laughs> Lovey Smith, who famously went for it with the Texans, and that's why they have the number two pick in the draft and not the number why one Why did they pick. ever let him coach that game? Like, that, I'm never going to forget that game because we all called it, like, ahead of time. Or not called it, but we were like, could this happen? And it totally happened. Oh, man. James, the James, the James Lloyd. Just a little bit of perspective. In the last dance, you see Jordan go back to UNC, back to Carolina after he broke his foot and coming back on minute restrictions and going off because he says, screw your draft pick. I want to win. Mm-hmm. Hashtag NBA joke league. Uh, one thing before we get to the West, one more thing. Can I just, can we just do a hockey shout out to the Boston Bruins for a second? Hockey shout out. Hockey shout out. It's your hockey moment right here in the numbers <laughs> game. Listen, because one more week of the hockey regular season. but and, and we all know how random the postseason in the NHL is. The famous stat that I always quote from Stats by Lopez. If 80% of NBA favorites get through their NBA playoff series, which they do, 
in best of sevens, to have 80% of favorites manifest to get through in the NHL, you'd have to play best of 51s. That's how random hockey is. The Boston Bruins yesterday set the record for the most wins in an NHL season. Their 63rd win in 80 games. They have two more games to play. 62 was the record. 63, the new record established by the Bruins yesterday, single-season record, defeating the Flyers 5-3 to in Philly yesterday. And I just want to... I just want to say this because while we're watching the Masters all day long, betting tennis, betting UFC this weekend, betting the NBA, this happened, and I just, I just sort of thought out loud, this is one of the most incredible things that could ever have happened. Because we, we've said this on this show many times, hockey is so random, mm-hmm. not just by the stats, but just intuitively. The, the deflections off skates, off, off players that human beings don't have enough time to react to. Just randomly, you're supposed to lose games just on that. The fact that they've managed to figure out a way to win 63 games out of 80 is one of the most incredible things ever. Like, how good must they be? It's, and it can all get torpedoed in the postseason. You, I, you just said it perfect. It, it's, it's, it's amazing. Because all we ever talk about is how random this sport yes. is or appears to it's be incredible. From, where, from where you and I sit. So to put up 63-12-5 on the season is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So shout out to the Bruins. We'll get Andy McNeil in here. We'll have Jake Hahn in here. Um, Their goal differential was plus 124. It's just out of control. And every day, every night they go out there, they figure out a way to, to beat the team across the ice from them. It's it's really amazing. I got a season futures sweat this last week. Of who? <laughs> the Golden Knights to win the division. They're oh. up two points right now. The Edmonton Oilers. There I forgot go. about this. Final week of the regular season. All right, Western Conference NBA. So we we said this on Friday because a lot of people were like, oh, teams are going to manipulate. The Clippers are going to figure out a way that they don't have to match up with the with the uh, with the Suns in the first round. They're going to make it so the Warriors are. And I said, no, stop, everybody. I've do- I've done all the tiebreakers. No one can manipulate anything because the Clippers were essentially fenced in. They were fenced in because even if they had the notion to finish sixth and therefore get the Grizzlies, uh, excuse me, the uh, it would be the. Uh, the Kings-Grizzlies track, if you will, as opposed to the Suns-Nuggets track, the 3-2 as opposed to the 4-1, they couldn't do it because they couldn't afford to fall out of the top six and be in a play-in. And so because of that and the way the tiebreakers landed, everybody had to try to win. The Warriors end up winning (laughs) by 56 against the Blazers yesterday. They had a uh, 55-point first quarter, the largest, the, the highest scoring first quarter in the history of the NBA, 58 is the overall record for any quarter set by the Buffalo Braves back in 1972. You remember the Buffalo Braves. Oh, yeah, Braves. sure. Who's your favorite Braves player? You know, Bob. That's right, That's Bob right. McAdoo. <laughs> Good for Bob McAdoo was yeah, on the team? Yeah. yeah, all right. I don't know if he was on the team in 72, but he eventually played for the Braves. Nice guess there, Kelly. So anyway, the Warriors, 17-point favorites win by 56. The Lakers had a lot of trouble sort of shaking the jazz, but eventually did. And... The Clippers against the Suns scrub team barely got by the Suns. In fact, Kelly, they barely got by to the point where, like, late in that game, if I'm Chris Ball, DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, all these guys on the bench, I would have walked up to Monty Williams and been like, uh, maybe we should tank this game so we get to play, <laughs> so we get to, uh, 
so we get to ensure that we play the Clippers in the first round. Well, they they ended up losing anyway. The Suns did. The Clippers did eventually win. Um, congratulations to everybody who moneyline parlayed all them. I threw in the Timberwolves as well, which got home. So it ends up as the five four, the Clippers and the Suns. We called it on Friday. Nobody could manipulate this. The Suns are six dollar favorites, minus six hundred. And after yesterday, where the Clippers had trouble getting by the Suns reserves, do you think this price is at all inaccurate? Yes. A little I still, high. I still think it's too high. Is, I still think it's too is high. Is JVT, our senior NBA analyst, your Hardwood Handicappers co-host, host of Hardwood Handicappers, he loves the Clippers. Is he going to come on and bet the Clippers at 4-1 oh, in this I series? I would assume so. I would assume so. What I'll, what I'll be betting right there is that series spread plus 2.5 games. I like that. Cl- Clippers, Clippers plus 2.5, two two and and half half minus games. 130. Yeah. By the way, shout out to JVT who hit the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder to get into the play-in at 10-1. to one. Mm-hmm. Shout out. So that's how you'll play it. Clippers plus two and a half. Yeah, I, I think this is. I think this this line is too high. Um, but look, the Suns are the Suns are getting the Clippers at the right time. That's for sure. Um, but <laughs> I, yeah, is there ever a wrong time to get them? Seriously, <laughs> this is a good point. in franchise history, the Suns still. I think you can still make the argument of putting their th- putting everything together themselves. And it's getting Kevin Durant though, and him going through injuries. So I don't know if this team's really peaking yet of what we, of what we expect to see from them. Let me so, let me I, I think this is a tougher opening round matchup for the Suns. Do you? I, I just can't buy it. What, okay, here, let's put it this way. What's a more egregious line, series price line? Is it the Suns at $6 against the Clippers? Clippers $4 plus 400 coming back. Or the Warriors? We did this thought exercise mm-hmm. throughout the week last week. I asked Drew. I asked JVT. We got all kinds of different answers. I said, if the Warriors do end up playing the Kings, what's the line? Drew said minus 180. I mm-hmm. lamented that because I was like, oh, man, I wish it was Warriors shorter so I could have banged the Warriors. JVT said Warriors minus 120. I'm like, no, it's going to be way higher than that. You said somewhere in the middle. It ends up being Warriors minus 290. Now, I'm the dude with the Warriors Western Conference future at plus 685. Even I think minus 290 is Meshuggah. And, and yes, to answer your question, I believe this one is the more egregious of the I two. think it is. I mean, come on, really? Minus 290? And I love, and no one loves the Warriors more than me. Same thing here. I took the series spread. I took Kings plus one and a half games at plus money. Still getting plus money. Kings plus, plus one and a half at plus. So they can lose four to three plus 135. Does the Warriors road woes so famously broadcast everywhere worry you at all? No, but I'm also, I mean. I, it's 90 l- minutes up the road. A little bit. But I'm also that guy that kind of brushed it off all regular season, maybe more than I should have. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Me too. I, I'm guilty of the same. I, I, just, I just think they are a team. Whether this works or not, I think they are a team that has been planning basically all season of let's just get through this, get to the playoffs, and then we're going to kind of flip that switch and be back to our more normal selves. I, you know, whether they're able to actually flip that switch or not, I think is what we're going to is what we're going to have to see here. Part, um, part two of this discussion. Like, is, I'm not as convinced, Gil, that the Warriors as good as they think they are. You know, like, I think those oh, guys. I think those guys think uh, they are very good. Kelly, they don't think it. They know <laughs> it because they got the rings. And part two of this discussion is now we we obviously don't have one eights, two sevens until the play-in games are complete in both the East and the West. But in the West, the two short shots are these two. The Suns and the Warriors. The Suns are the short shot to win the West, and the Warriors are the second short shot. So forget the ones and twos. Forget Nuggets and the Grizzlies. Not to mention the Kings and beyond. 
It's the Suns at two to one. Oh, we do have the Nuggets sneaking in at plus three forty at BetMGM. The Warriors in some spots are the are the second short shot, but the Warriors are five to one at BetMGM. BetMGM. The Grizzlies are six to one. I've seen the Warriors as low as plus three eighty. I think DraftKings has them lower. Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me. I mean that that. That like you said, you couldn't play out the end of the regular season trying to tank into you that couldn't. position. You couldn't. But is that track a lot easier? Yeah, that track. In it's my opinion, that easier. track is a lot easier. So you you agree that this is how it should shake out? But how how much how much more negatively do you think about the Nuggets now than you did three weeks ago? Oh man, yeah, fair amount. Fair amount. Yeah, because this is. I mean, you get the winner of the Suns Clippers. Congratulations. <laughs> With Paul George, Paul George was warming up the other day. I'm not, he's not coming back anytime soon, but still, by the time, if they actually got past the Suns, he might be back for that series. Western Conference playoffs are going to be awesome. Give that much to the NBA, despite the joke regular season. Todd Wright, Wes Reynolds, golf next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. Split bets. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits yet another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check them out all of today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Skill Alexander, it's, it's Kelly Bidlin. That was one of the first times I actually looked at you while you did it. <laughs> And I was amazed at how, like, serious your expression was, and you just, like, your mouth was the only thing moving. Just automatic at this point. I mean, splits. I, meanwhile, I was checking out Todd Wright's Twitter page, where if you want to see what's going on in the world of sports in 2014, 2015, you got to go to Todd Wright's <laughs> Twitter page. <laughs> Todd's not a Twitter guy. He's not a Twitter guy. But he is, for my money, the greatest host 
ever in the history of Sports Talk Radio. I will not be talked off this position. The uh, legendary host of All Night with Todd Wright back in the day on ESPN Radio. I used to do my slow jam shift. used to drive home, and I'd sit there in my car till the wee hours of the night. Uh, he was uh, pop culture and sports before Bill Simmons thought it was cool. It's Todd Wright, everybody. How you doing, Todd? I am well, Gil, yes. I have hosted more Todd Wright Tour golf tournaments in the last eight years than I have posted tweets in the last eight years <laughs> just to show you how my life has changed. That's right. Uh, that's a good stat. Um, let me just – let's start with here. You are now the host of the Todd Wright uh, Fantasy Football Podcast, the Todd Wright Toddcast. You told a story about it. What would you call this? How would you describe it? Because I want people to listen to your podcast. Anti-bad beat back in the day? NC- I think that's, yeah, I, I think so, Gil. And I hope you and, and, and others who, you know, drop some money on things, right? The bad beats gets the most attention. Um, it makes us feel better. But we do have those wins. Yeah. And uh, last what, Friday or Saturday, was the 20th anniversary of two of my better bets ever. And it was prior to the NCAA tournament, uh, any games being played, in the year Syracuse beat Kansas, I made two futures bets and two futures bets only uh, at a shop before flying home to Florida. And I had Kansas at 30 to 1, which was a two seed that year. And I had Syracuse at 50 to 1, which was a three seed that year. And obviously, over the next few weeks, I saw those teams just continue to win advanced to the final four, and then on my show, which I was fortunate to have you as a listener, Jim Hazlitt was a regular guest of mine. He was the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. He was one of the first head coaches to ever have success with the New Orleans Saints. We were having a casual chat, and I said, well, Jim, I I assume as head coach of the Saints, you have good tickets to the final four this weekend in your own building in the Louisiana Superdome. And he says, yeah, actually I do. Do you need a couple? I mean, just like that. So wow. it goes from there. I've been to Final Fours before. I took Jim up on his offer, and I said I would love to go. He ends up sending me a couple of tickets with this note. Oh, you'll be sitting next to my offensive coordinator. He's a great guy. He'll probably be there with his son. You'll enjoy talking to him. That offensive coordinator that I talked basketball to only for the net for five hours on semifinal Saturday is the current head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> That's great. So Syracuse yeah. and Kansas win. While I watch the games next to Mike McCarthy, I fly home. And then that Monday night at my favorite sports bar close to home, I watch the rare sporting event where I can't lose. I have Syracuse at 50-1 to and Kansas at 30-1. to And thanks to Hakeem Warwick's block of Keith Lee late, I cash the 50-1 to ticket. If I if I had uh, come to you right after that experience with Mike McCarthy, you're you're a diehard Cowboys fan, and said to you after that game, okay, that guy you just talked to for the last uh, four hours about basketball is going to be the Cowboys head coach years from now, you would have said what to me? Would you have been bullish or would you have been like, oh no? I I I would have said really. I mean, he was great. He was nice. We didn't talk football. I didn't know him at all prior to that encounter. And uh, But where the Cowboys were at the time, I don't know if they had just hired Bill Parcells or they were still struggling through the Quincy Carter, Dave Campo days. So depending yes. on what had happened with the head coach, um, because it was Parcells who I was at the Monday night game against the Giants where Bledsoe was benched and the PA announcer comes on 
start of the third quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, now quarterbacking for the Cowboys, number nine, Tony Romo. And we, everybody in the stands looked at each other like, who is this? Yeah. So I don't know what happened first. If we were still in the Quincy Carter, Dave Campo days, I would have taken the man I just watched the basketball tournament with, definitely. All right, so let's let's talk about this 87th Masters. I'll ask you a question that I asked earlier on the show, which is beyond Rom, and John Rom deserves all the credit in the world. I called it like three and a half yards in a cloud of dust on the back nine. He just played out the he played it out beautifully well yesterday. Yeah, what was the biggest takeaway? Was it Phil finishing second? Was it Rory missing the cut? Was it Scheffler not on his A game, managing to get a top 10? Was it something having to do with the live golfers versus the non? What was your biggest sort of takeaway from the whole Masters? Um, I think you've touched on them all. We, we rarely, other than, Ti- other than Tiger, who made the cut, and then we were just wondering how much he could play beyond that. And for those of us that thought he wouldn't be able to finish... What a foursome of WDs uh, from the 87th Masters. When you add up Zalatoris, Nah, Oost, Hazen, and Woods, most would take that foursome any day mm-hmm. um, in, in a professional golf tournament. And they all withdraw from the tournament. You're not supposed to withdraw from. So there's a takeaway as well. Um, Phil and how he came out of nowhere, I know you've talked about it. Uh, Brooks just having nothing uh, on a bad day. And you know, if if it was just an 18-hole day where Brooks had had a bad day, he probably still wins a golf tournament. It was a 30-hole day, and he just couldn't get anything going. Uh, I thought the live guys showed very well, but Gil, as you and I and, and others who have given this a, a, a pretty down-the-middle look, live went out, and they got major champions. And major champions tend to play well in major championships whether you argue they're not playing enough golf and they don't have enough incentive and they need the reps, and, and there they were. There were three of them sitting there in the top five in the last hour and a half of the golf tournament. It speaks to the quality that is on the Live Golf Tour. You had Kepka. My producer, Kelly Bidlin, had Kepka 99-1. to 1. You had Kepka as well? Indeed, I did. I had as a... Uh, as, as the crack man says to you, it was lunch money. I had more on the live underdog I had told you about in Lowry, yeah. who got off to the great start. And then I expected when the weather turned, that was when Lowry would make, make his push. He never made the push. He still finished top 20, a couple bogeys on the back nine coming in. But I had more action on a live underdog in Lowry because, Gil, I was stunned he was 70-1 to 1 going in. And then I was stunned after a 68 in the first round. He was still, what, 40 to 1 at some shops going into Friday. But I guess, I guess that was justified. Well, let, let me put you on the spot here. The next major with, with golf's newish calendar, the one that, we've, that has existed here the last few years, we go not from the Masters to the U.S. Open in terms of the, you know, the order of majors. We go to the PGA Championship, which for most of our lives we knew as the last major. But the PGA Championship is next. It's at Oak Hill in Rochester. Do you, how well do you know that course, and who might, you, who might uh, sort of attract some of your betting dollars? I've been to 15 major championships. Now, a number of those have been at Augusta National, so there's no change in course there. I've never been to Oak Hill. Not familiar with it. Um, can't really give you a breakdown on too many things. But what I will say, because I thought about this, if, if Brooks had hung on and won the Masters, he would have entered that one 
major short of the career grand slam that you look at with, say, Rory at the Masters and some others. Yeah. And obviously, Jordan Spieth is going to be front and center leading into Oak Hill in terms of career grand slam, how well he played, uh, the things he said after yesterday's round, Gil, how Jordan just said, I made a couple of mistakes out there I, I wouldn't normally make or I shouldn't make. So I think, yeah, and, and sometimes when you win a big tournament, as, as would happen with Rom when he won the U.S. Open a couple of years ago, you drop off. You and I, right? We talked about this this weekend. What happened to Scheffler a year ago in this spot going into a course that was his favorite at Southern Hills? So I, I will likely fade Rom for no other reason than that just trends are that it's tough to go from one major to another and win back-to-back. Um, and I will be focused on Jordan Spieth, who I would imagine, Gil, maybe you're already looking at it, will be one of the two or three favorites to win the PGA Championship. Early vote for Jordan Spieth from Todd Wright. Todd, always great catching up to you, man. The Todd Wright Toddcast and the Todd Wright Fantasy Football Podcast, available where all podcasts are distributed. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Carmelo Anthony, for winning me that 50-1 <laughs> bet 20 years ago. It's never too late to thank him. That's awesome. You, by the way, the make miss cuts got you, Kelly, also? As oh, well. man, I got burned big time by that. No thanks to my friend uh, Justin Thomas, who I did have an outright bet on. He's the guy that fell so far back, allowed a lot of the, the cut line to move back to plus three. Burn me bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Tournament matchups, miscut props. Ugh. Well, you know, regular tour tournaments resume. You'll be all right. Kelly Bidlin, another second-place finish with... Brooks Kepko, Wes Reynolds, the glue that holds this whole operation together, co-host of Long Shots, the golf podcast. He will join us on the other side. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, and event date, and more. Check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VSIN expert has the hot hand. For VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VSIN.com slash subscribe it's Gil Alexander Kelly Bidlin here as well there's, there's so many other things that you that there's just barely enough time to get to on a Monday morning after just a just an amazing sports weekend of so many different sports one Todd Wright brought up Will Zalatoris <clears throat> Kelly Will Zalatoris out for the rest of the season after undergoing micro surgery days after withdrawing from the Masters yeah and uh <clears throat> because we're not physicians we should probably point out uh that Microdiscectomy, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is a surgical procedure for the relief of pain and other symptoms that occur when a herniated disc in the spine presses on the, an adjacent nerve root. Ouch. Uh, it, yeah, that got, sounds awful. Zalatoris, this is tough to watch. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it a bit with Wes, too, but he's I mean, one of the best young talents on the PGA Tour. This is tough, and you never know. You never really know exactly what a timetable back is on something like this is, right? Like, it's these are the things that we always see get re-aggravated and stuff like that, and he's already been dealing with, it, with, with stuff with injury problems here over the past, I mean, nine months. I mean, that's typically, like, something you'll get when you're older, but to, get, to have it at his age is rough. Yeah. Rough. Uh, O'Neal Cruz, the Pirates' amazing shortstop, fracturing his ankle in a home plate collision against the White Sox yesterday. That 
precipitated a sort of brawl between the two teams. I'm not really sure why. Man. Carlos Santana was so upset with that play at home play, but it's sad to see that. So we'll see how long he's out. Expected to miss 10 to 12 weeks is the, is the early word on that for the Pirates. Um, we didn't even mention this when we were talking about the T-Wolves beating the Pelicans yesterday and getting the 7-8 the game. Basically, they finish as an away. They'll play the Lakers at L.A. tomorrow night against the Lakers in the 7-8 game in the Western Conference. That Rudy Gobert swung at Kyle Anderson. Rudy Gobert swung at Kyle Anderson, and then Jaden McDaniels fractured his hand, punching a wall. He's done for the year. What are you doing? Who is a crucial defensive player, especially in the matchup that they're about to go up to against the Lakers. Yeah, we never even got to that. What could you possibly be that mad at that you could do that and ruin your season? This led to a Lakers bet for me. I I laid the six with the Lakers. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait to watch people bet it up as far as possible, and then I'm going to jump in on the Timberwolves. There you go. Because I think this will be Oh, I think it's going to it's soar to yeah. eight or something. Like it's already at seven, seven and a half right now. Yeah. All right. And then we'll, we'll segue into West with this. We'll get to golf with West, too. But I just want to – the one football note – there's a couple football notes, but one of them, the, the Ravens signing Odell Beckham Jr., one year, $15 million, could be a, as much as $18 million. You read this as this is their way to entice Lamar Jackson to stay? <laughs> I guess. It's a lot of money for Odell Beckham Jr. That, it, I mean, it is. It's like, oh, we don't have money to pay you, Lamar, but we got this amount. We got this grip to pay Odell. I mean, it's the only way to look at it, right, is that they are, I, I, I think it's the only way to look at it, is they are getting desperate now on the Lamar Jackson front, and you have to make a move like this to try to convince him to come back into the fold. Wes Reynolds joins us. He's the co-host of Long Shots, but, of course, he's also the glue that holds this whole operation together. He's the co-host of Vista Tonight, which he does with Mad Humans each and every night at the network. Wes, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well. Before we get to golf, you read that the same way? Like this is their their salvo to get Lamar to stay? Yeah, I think so. And and ultimately, I thought that these two sides were going to come together at least at some point because, quite frankly, I'm not sure what the market is right out, uh, out there right now for Lamar because you're dealing with the guy, yes, that's a former MVP, yes, that's 26 years old, but also has been pretty riddled with injuries and hadn't been able to stay healthy for a season. So, uh And I just don't think that a lot of teams out there, like people pointed to the Indianapolis Colts as a natural spot for Lamar, but I don't think the Colts really have the interest in signing a guy and committing long-term all of that money to a quarterback that would command that kind of money. I know Jim Irsay made some comments a couple weeks ago at the NFL owners meetings that he didn't really want to get locked up in a contract like that. And I think the Colts, being the fact that they have done this with like a veteran quarterback for the last four years, don't want to do this anymore. They want to go with a young quarterback and see if they can groom somebody. You're a big NFL draft better as well, uh, Wes? Do you bet? Do you dive I would in? call myself a big one. I, I do a few of them. I, I think the NFL draft market is tough, actually, not only for bookmakers, but for betters, unless you're like really engulfed in it. If you're really following this every day, and when you've got a packed sports calendar like you guys were talking about in the opening of the segment, when you've got the Masters and you're coming out of the NCAA tournament and you're getting into the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs and baseball starting, et cetera, et cetera, it's tough to do unless you're like totally focused on this because these markets move so rapidly. Yeah. I mean, Kelly, because the one, the one other NFL thing, we'll get to golf here, but the one other NFL thing, Vegas Refund putting this out, your buddy. Mm-hmm. 
Anthony Richardson under uh, under four and a half to go one, two, three, or four in the draft was was minus two fifty, and then it plunged to minus one thirty five this weekend. Yeah, that's another just like massive NFL kind of move. Uh, we'll get into all that tomorrow. So let's talk Masters then, Wes. Uh, this is, I mean, look, the eighty seventh Masters. Did it end up being? Let's start. With the, let's start with this. Did it end up being a profitable Masters for you or not? No, it did not actually, because I, I did not, uh, I did not bet John Rahm when he was kind of the forgotten man of the three favorites with Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler. I didn't end up doing it. Knew, knew that he could, but he had never really been in the mix in the Masters. He had some good finishes, but a lot of them were kind of like in the back door where he's a little bit down the board, and then he has a really good Sunday final round. It's like those Wikipedia finishes, right? When you're looking at the form sheet, and then all of a sudden you say, hey, he finished fourth, but finishing fourth, being in the mix, and finishing fourth and coming from the back. Oh, we lost West there. We'll work on getting West back because I want to get his golf thoughts. What? Let's just talk about that that one football note before because we don't want to. We'll, we'll get back do, to the do golf. Do a slight breaking golf news. Oh, okay. If you are betting this week, RBC Heritage, which is an elevated event, has actually has a great field. Rory McIlroy just withdrew, so he will not be playing in the uh, in the RBC. By the way, Heritage. does he deserve more flack than than he's getting for not making the cut? He had all the weather in his favor, career slam on his club, as they say. You know, it's like. I just feel like he had the he, he had a horrific performance this weekend. Uh he did. I, I don't know. I, we we talk about this often with golf betting, where it's like we we bring it up when it's convenient, but like it's hard to go out there and, be, and beat eighty five other guys in a field, right? Like this is well, it's hard to beat eighty five, but like he he didn't even show up for this one. No, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. What about? I, I, I mean, I think there's something. I'm not going to completely kill him for for his performance this week. Is there something that's beginning to grow, though, of, like, this guy, this career slam is in his head. That tournament and like, spooks him, yeah. He's get, yeah, and he's getting spooked by this tournament. I mean, I can't really argue against that right now. Right? I mean, you look at these first rounds. He's going out and putting up at the Masters here recently. They are not very good. I know we're all over the place, but we'll work on getting west. But the Anthony Richardson thing, from minus 250 to minus 135, under, excuse me, so from the under four and a half went from minus 250 to minus 135. What does that tell you? What do you read into that? Uh, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Cause him and the, him and Will Anderson's numbers have been all over the place there, right? Like Will Anderson's three and a half juiced heavily to the under. Cause if Anthony, Anthony Richardson go down to minus 135, to what, the under. To the under. Talking. So people are so people are betting it over. So people are betting it over. Yeah. Right, exactly. Which so I what does that tell you? Does that tell you that Will Anderson is is absolutely going number three? I mean, those are the and odds. That's, and that's yes. somebody's and that and that the Colts are not taking him? I yes. I mean, that's what the odds would indicate. Yes. I don't know that I believe in that, but that's what the odds would indicate. All right, can I go one more scatterbrain thought sure. here? The other thing we saw, John Hollinger, who has an MVP vote in the NBA, John Hollinger says, and I want to I quote this because this is everything we've been talking about in the NBA market. John Hollinger goes ahead and says, listen, I don't want to call this voter fatigue. <laughs> he says on why he's voting for Joel Embiid. History plays a role here. I don't think voter fatigue is the right word to describe what I'm feeling as much as this. I don't think it's quite right that this era's scoreboard... <laughs> 
would stand Jokic 3, Giannis 2, Embiid 0. It's literally voter fatigue. Yes, that, that is the literal description of what voter fatigue is. Good God. All right, Wes, sorry about the janky uh, technology. We apologize because we're going to have to go to break here momentarily. But it, but it ends up being not a profitable one just because the just because you avoided John Rom basically on your on your bets. Yeah, I you know with the Masters with these being up for several months, you always end up with a couple too many than than you really wanted on an average tournament, and uh, that's what happened with me. That's what happened with you. Yeah, I said I said towards the end of the uh, beating the book Masters podcast, I did say I was like, hey, we haven't mentioned John Rom. Maybe we should maybe we should bring him up. Uh, more with Wes Reynolds. We'll dive in in further into the Masters. What his bigger takeaways were from it. Was he able to live bet at all? But certainly what his bigger takeaways and who he might look to bet come Oak Hill, the PGA Championship, the next major that's up. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashing the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense reminds you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- 
gambler. Skill Alexander, we get tweets at beating the book. Joe Nigro, no slight to the Boston Bruins, but they did have the benefit of 11 overtime wins when games before 2005 ended in a tie. That is true from a historical standpoint. Still amazing, though. What are you smiling at? Nah, like it's the, the, the no slight or no offense. Yeah, like, no slight. How do we diminish? How do we take away what they accomplished? No slight, <laughs> Kelly, but I'm about to slight you. Chance Copperpot, this raise thing is crazy. Yesterday I took minus seven at plus 750 and it coasted home. I'm not sure what bet was easier this weekend. The Bulls money line plus 285 against the Mavs. The raise minus everything. I took the raise again today minus four, but there's no way I can recommend anyone taking that, riding it out. <laughs> Thanks. I love me some Chance Copperpot. <laughs> Chance Copperpot's awesome. John Balduzzi, Oak Hill. Baby, five minutes from my house. It's a long, traditional Northeast U.S. golf course. Lots of trees, hence the name. Green's really tough. Bombers should be fine if they keep it on the short stuff. Trip Tepper. Do you think more U.S. sports books will offer each-way bets on golf outrights? Bet Rivers is one of the only domestic books I'm aware of that offers each-way betting. What do you think? I, w- I would think so. I would hope so. Yeah. But, I mean, what, what what do we know about Las Vegas? We know Las Ve- or Nevada. The computers can't even handle the it. The technology can't take it. <laughs> Each way. We know that one for a fact. So, yeah, maybe the East Coast books, it will catch up more good on Bet Rivers for offering. And explain each, awesome. way, each way, essentially, which is rampant in, in Europe and in England. Yeah. First, second, third, fourth. So, it's a, it's a different set of places. Most A lot will offer top five. So, winner through the top five or top eight. And basically, your bet gets divided then at how many places you end up betting. Okay. Buddhist man. <laughs> this is the betting tip of the numbers game. Don't have a family. Sports. Working on that right now, man. Come yeah, on. That was our betting tip in terms of if you have golf pre-flop bets and you have one to get off it. Don't have responsibility. Forrest Lehman, nine years since his last major. Stop it with Rory. Every major is his, is in his head. Tiger has won one since, for God's sakes. So Forrest Lehman's saying Rory's got every major in his head. And then Jay Green, thank you, Jay Green, New York underscore Rangers 1024. Uh, your, your sentiment's still accurate, but just FYI, John Hollinger actually does not have an official vote. Uh, Kelly Bidlin, quote, I don't have an actual award ballot, but here's how the rest of mine would look if I did. Yeah, they, I was made the mistake of quoting people who were looking at John Hollinger and they misquoted it. Sorry about that. You're right. He does not have one. But if he did, God help me, it'd be voter fatigue. Mike Rouse, quick correction on Todd Wright. Yes, I was. I noticed this when he said it, too. Hakeem Warwick blocked Michael Lee's shot, not early 1980s Memphis State great Keith Lee. Yeah, when he said Keith Lee, I sort of... Uh, Short wired. And then Bill Hooker, Rom was 20 to 1 after double bogeying on the first hole. We should point that out. John Rom, the first Masters champion ever. To, uh, no, pardon me, the first since Sam Snead in 1952, I believe it was, to double bogey the first hole and then win the Masters. Wes Reynolds rejoins us here, uh, host of uh, Long Shots, co host of Long Shots, and of course, Vison tonight uh, here on the network. Um, Wes, were you able to live bet and, and at least make something back? Are you, because you're not much of a live better, are you? I mean, I am a little bit, but I I think, you know, when you had so much exposure in this tournament, because I even said Friday night, Matt humans gave me uh, credit for it on Twitter. And of course I got backlash from people like, Hey, that wasn't one of your official plays. Yeah, I know guys, I didn't bet it because I had dumped a lot of money into this tournament. So just to put that out there. So, so the Twitter mafia doesn't come after me, you know, for claiming I bet something that I didn't, Uh, I did not bet John Rom live. And I said, look, on Friday night, I said, he's going to win this thing because, you know, Matt Eumann's uh, admittedly not a huge fan of, of Brooks Kepka. was like, 
you know, I don't want to see him win this thing over the weekend. I'm like, oh, I don't think he's going to. I think John Rahm is going to win this thing. You know, he's just kind of staying there. Brooks Kepka was great with his iron. So it's like, okay, we're going to get a little bit of regression there, I think, in terms of strokes gain approach. And Rahm was just kind of hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. He was in the bad portion of the draw. So I felt that he was going to win. But no, I did not get off of it. What about, and by the way, with the, in terms of the Twitter mafia and stuff, I, listen, we all live bet. If they don't want to believe you, that's their, that's their prop. It's like, yeah. I don't, it's like whatever. Sh- show me, show me yeah. your tickets. I'm like, I don't have to show you a damn oh thing. Who the God. hell are you? Um, what, what about Oak Hill? I, obviously, I know that this, unlike the Masters, these, these future odds are not nearly as up for, you know, nearly up for as long. Obviously, we have months and months to, to, to ponder over Masters futures. Your knowledge of Oak Hill, your preliminary thoughts on who you think you might be looking towards, perhaps even numbers unseen at this point. Well, uh, one guy I'm probably going to look towards is actually a guy that was raised in that area who played pretty darn well this weekend is Cameron Young. I don't think we're going to get a great number on him because I think a lot of other people are going to be thinking the same thing. And I think the PGA is really an event where, you know, you can use your driver a little bit more. And that's Cameron Young's best club in the bag. He was, I think, one of the top guys in terms of strokes gained off the tee. He always, At the Masters, he always is pretty much week in and week out. So Cameron Young would certainly be a guy I'm looking at. He's going to win, like, really, really soon. I mean, it's going to be, is it four weeks or is it six weeks? Because I think he's taken in the new caddy, Paul Tesori, who comes over from Webb Simpson's bag. He was also with Vijay Singh uh, uh, in previous years, actually won the Masters with him. So Oak Hill Country Club, Rochester, New York, it is a Donald Ross design. It's actually a, a par 70, about a little less than 7,400 yards. So I think Cameron Young, uh, he would be a guy I would definitely be looking at. I have not bet any numbers, though, yet on the PGA. Cameron Young, 28 to 1. 28 to 1. That's a nice little price right there on Cam Young. So... The live thing, since you bring it up, and and humans, yeah, he's not he's not a fan, obviously. And we've talked about it. You've talked about it extensively. Did you feel like this Masters normalized it a little bit? Like we got to see, uh, you know, the Masters for the first time after Live uh, has sprung from from you know nowhere with with Greg Norman, and and it you know you had two Live golfers who finished in second in Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson. And do you feel like it goes away as a handicapping angle? Let's put it that way. Uh, maybe it's a handicapping angle because, look, there's still some capable players out there. Now, the Phil Mickelson thing, if people say they saw that oh, coming, goodness. I don't think that they're they're not being truthful with you because yeah. he's played 10 events and his average finish is 31.3. <laughs> he was fighting with James Piott for a top 40 last week in Orlando, he just had one of those great rounds that, you know, every once in a while you're going to have one of those. But I think what it illustrated with Liv, look, I don't think it necessarily validated it as a tour. If if anything, it invalidated it, to be honest with you, because it's like, okay, now we know that these guys, when they come to the Masters or they come to a big event, that they're going to take it seriously because they're playing for something more than money. They're playing for prestige and they're playing for legacy because major championships, I think, determine the legacy of, you know, a high-profile pro golfer. So it's like, okay, now that we're at the Masters, we're going to be serious, but we go back to this live 
live event with 48 players with music playing and you know smaller crowds and even smaller television ratings but we're getting guaranteed money so they can mail it in but when you know the stuff's on the line they're going to grind and they're going to play hard. And I think that you saw that this week. So if anything, everybody's like, oh, this validates Liv. If anything, it invalidated Liv is, you know, essentially an exhibition golf tour for me. I think you're 100% accurate on that. Um, I just, when it gets to a major, it shouldn't, like people shouldn't blanket, not that you did, but people shouldn't blanket fade, you know, those group of players because they will just sort of step up to where they were before. Like, oh, now we can engage again and be our normal selves kind of thing. Um, Anything real quick because we only have like a minute left. Anything RBC Heritage this early in the week or should we wait for long shots? Well, uh, I just, um, we're seeing this morning that we have guys withdrawing. I know you guys were talking about Will Salatoris. Rory McIlroy withdraws. By the way, this RBC is an elevated event. So usually you have a good field, but you don't have this kind of field after the Masters because the major championship is such a grind. Uh, So you have all of these high-profile players in this event this week. So I'm going to be working on the RBC research this afternoon. Uh, Probably we'll have a little bit, at least at first glance, of Matt Fitzpatrick, I think is a guy that I'm going to end up playing who – Loves this course. Uh, I will have a little bit of him. And then looking f- just just looking a little bit down the board this week because this is going to be an elevated event. So uh, really good field down in South Carolina this week. All right, Wes, and we'll look for you on VEASAN tonight. Tonight. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Wes Reynolds at Wes Reynolds 1. That's the number one. Kelly, tomorrow on the show, math with Elihu Foistel and Dead Heat Rules. Yeah. Get your calculators. Arithmetic radio, everybody. We look forward to it. Lombardi Line is next. Enjoy from Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Psst, there's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell. To saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline, and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, platinum status is earned with 12 Phillips over three months, 10-gallon minimum per fill-up at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit fuelrewards.com slash status. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.